Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Monday, November the 14th, 2022, at 10.39 a.m. Central Time. Today's Focus, a very profitable exercise. Do you get engage in any kind of exercise? Do you run, push-ups, crunches, maybe CrossFit, lifting weights, swimming, maybe uh, on the bicycle? I don't know. What, what do you do for exercise? Do you find that exercise to be profitable? Well, I, I think you know that all the physical exercise has some profit, but it's only profitable for the body. It's only profitable for the body. But as Christians, we need to not just exercise the body to try to maintain some kind of physical health, right? We need to engage in a very profitable exercise, one that benefits us spiritually. Now, if you have been paying attention to our series, Bible Study Exercise, you know the Bible Study Exercise for this week is on the subject of meditation. That's what we've been talking about. So I thought this morning we would turn to a sermon preached by Charles Spurgeon somewhere in the 1800s, somewhere between 1834 and 1892, somewhere in that time, in the middle of that, Charles Spurgeon, uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon preached a sermon entitled, A Very Profitable Exercise. So for today's focus, I'm just going to read basically the introduction to that sermon because it really talks about and he tries to explain the importance of meditation. We've been talking a lot about it. We talked about the difference between study and meditation and how you need both. As a Christian, you need study, which is just the, you just are obtaining facts, you're obtaining knowledge, but then you also need the meditation, which takes that knowledge and it begins to, in a sense, enter to, into your, you have an internal conversation with that fact inside of you that leads to an emotional impact, transformation, and change. We need study and meditation. You need both. So we've been talking about that in the Bible study exercise. I would challenge you to go listen to those. But for now, let's listen to the words of Charles Haddon Spurgeon from a sermon entitled, A Very Profitable Exercise. Sounds good? Okay, I hope so. I mean, I guess if you don't think it sounds good, you can just exit off and go, well, not going to listen to that. But I hope you will stick around because remember the Today's Focus podcast episodes, they're very short anyway. So let's at least hear what Charles Haddon Spurgeon had to, Charles Haddon Spurgeon had to say for his introduction to the sermon, a very profitable exercise. Here we go. <laughs> this is how he begins, all right? Meditation is a word that more than half of you, I fear, do not know how to spell. Well, that's, <laughs> that, that's a nice way to begin, Charles <laughs> Spurgeon. Hey, I just want you to know the word meditation. I, I fear that most of you don't even know how to spell it. About half of you don't even know how to spell it. Now, he goes on to explain, you know how to repeat the letters of the word, but I mean to say, you cannot spell it in the reality of your life. 
So he doesn't mean to say you can't actually spell the word, but what he means is you can't spell it in your life. In other words, you know the letters that make up the word meditation. You can recite the letters. You can write the letters down, but meditation is nothing more than a theoretical concept that never, ever actually appears in your life. He goes on to say, you do not occupy yourselves with any meditation. What do many of you who are merchants know concerning this matter? You rise up in the morning just in time to take your accustomed seat on the bus. You hasten hasten to your job for your letters, and there you continue all day long for business where you're busy or for gossip when business is dull, and at night you go home too tired and jaded for the wholesome recreation of your minds. Week by week, month by month, Year by year, it is still with you one everlasting grind, grind, grind. Wow, what a depressing description of life, but there's a lot of truth to that, all right? For, forget the pastor, forget the seminary professor, the average person who wakes up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and has to go to work. You wake up, you, you got to get ready, you got to grab breakfast, you get in the car, you drive, maybe it's a long commute, maybe it's a short commute, maybe there's lots of traffic, whatever the case, you, you drive, then you get to work, and you work, and you work, and you work, and you're just grinding. And then maybe when you have a, a, there's a dull moment, there's not much happening, it's slow, then maybe you just talk about the, the daily gossip, just the daily chit-chat about whatever. Did you see that movie? Did you see that TV show? Did you hear about so-and-so? Just the most mundane, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then you go home, now you're tired, you're wiped out, you got this to do, this to do, this to do. So you can get back in bed, so you can wake up the next day to get ready for work, commute, go to work, grind, 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 grind. And he says that that's, that's your life. And somewhere in the midst of all of that, you either don't have the time, you don't have the desire, you don't have the will, you don't care about actually taking time to engage in meditation. See, you know the word, but it never shows up as a reality in your life. In the midst of that, just running on the hamster wheel, just running in circles, there's no, there's no place for meditation. And, and I think that we can all, I think anyone can probably acknowledge that. All right. He goes on to say, and he calls it the everlasting grind. You have no time for meditation and you reckon perhaps that if you were to set apart a half an hour in the day to ponder the weighty matters of eternity, it would be to you a clear loss of time. I wonder how many Christians would, if they were honest, like, I, I don't want to take 30 minutes, 45 minutes out of my evening. I don't want to take 30 or 45 minutes out of the middle of my day or early morning. Just sit there to meditate on the weightier matters of eternity, to think about scripture or theology or doctrine. I don't want to do that. And, and there is in the minds, in the lives of many Christians, almost a pushback. There's almost a pushback, a, a, a resistance to it. And you would have to talk to those individuals to the reason why. I know this from a pastoral perspective. You don't really get, uh, people really won't open up and talk about it because they know it makes them look sinful. It may, it knows, it, they know it makes them look ungodly. So in many cases, they won't actually be honest and tell you why 
What's the what's their resistance? What and and they either will say I just don't like it. I don't I, some I I don't know. You guys need to have that conversation with yourselves, and then you can report back to me what you find out. But and again, I cannot. I, I don't have statistics in front of me, but from what I have seen, it's typically the men who either don't want to engage in it. Now, now I'm not now what I've seen men who want to go into ministry. Men who are ministry-minded, they do want to, but the average, they just it, it just seems it's the women who want to engage in it more than the men. And I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why, but there's just it, it, they, they just they almost treat it as if it's a waste of time, even if they will never even if they will never say those words. All right. So um he goes on to say. I'll read that last line again. Again, we're reading the words of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Uh, he goes on to say, you have no time for meditation, and you reckon perhaps that if you were to set apart half half an hour in the day to ponder the weighty matters of eternity, you it would be to you a clear loss of time. It is very wise of you to, to you know, basically you know, use your minutes to the best of your ability, to not waste one second, to not waste one minute. But I suppose that, if half an hour in a day could earn you a hundred pounds, you would not say that you cannot afford it because you know how to estimate profit. Now, he's got a point here. See, you would say, hey, I got I to gotta manage my time. I don't, want, I don't need to waste my time. I have limited time. He says, but if I was to contact you and say, hey, 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 look, look. I know it's going to take about 30 to 45 minutes of your time, but if you can give me 30 to 45 minutes of your time this evening, whenever, you can make $100. You can make $200. It's amazing how you would find the time. No matter how tired you are, no matter how tired you are of the daily grind, you would be like, there, I'm there, I'm there, because because you understand the significance of $100 or $200. But you don't seem to understand the significance of 30 or 45 minutes or an hour focusing and meditating on the word of God, meaning you don't see the value in it, but you see the value in money. He's, he's got a very good point here. He goes, now, if you equally knew how to count the great profit of meditation, you would deem it a positive gain to yourselves to spend time therein. For meditation is most profitable to the spirit. It is an extremely healthful, healthful and excellent occupation. Far from being wasted time, it is a judicious employment of time. It is a, it, it is a wise employment of time. Do not imagine that the meditative man is necessarily lazy Uh, No, he lays the best foundation for useful works. He is not the, he, uh, he is not the best student who reads the most books, but he who meditates the most upon them. He shall not learn most of divinity who hears the greatest number of sermons, but he who meditates the most devoutly upon what he does hear. I want you to hear this again. He is not the best student who reads the most books, but he who meditates the most upon them. 
He shall not learn most of divinity who hears the greatest number of sermons, but he who meditates the most devoutly upon what he does hear. How much time have you spent meditating on the sermons you heard yesterday? See, it, the, the, the hearing, the study, the reading, you're gathering facts. But it's a, it, it, the, basically, that's where the prophet stops. And we, we've already talked about just study without meditation leads to spiritual arrogance and pride and puffs you up and tindly, tends to make you very judgmental and condemning of people. But if you take the facts and you have the internal conversation with those facts, which is meditation, then it begins to impact you emotionally. It begins to do, it begins to actually do something. Now, Meditation without study, well, then you end up with kind of a zeal without knowledge, which we've talked about. But he is not the best student who reads the most books, but he who meditates the most upon them. He shall not learn most of divinity who hears the greatest number of sermons, but who meditates the most devoutly upon what he does hear. Nor shall he be so profound a scholar who takes down uh, ponderous volumes one after the other as he who reading little by little, precept upon precept, line upon line, digest what he reads and assimilates each sentiment to his heart by meditation, receiving the word first into his understanding and afterwards receiving the spirit of it in to his own soul. Let me read that again. Listen carefully. Nor shall he be so profound a scholar who takes down ponderous volumes, one after the other, as he who, reading little by little, precept upon precept, line upon line, digests what he reads and assimilates each sentiment to his heart by meditation. See, that's what happens. You the, In meditation, you take the precept, you take the line, you take the truth, you take the knowledge, and you, you bring it, you assimilate it into your heart by meditation. Meditation takes the concepts and brings it into the heart where you have an internal conversation about it. You see, you receive the word first into your understanding. Right? That's where it goes first. It goes into your understanding. Then afterwards, you receive it. You receive the spirit of those words into your own soul via meditation. Meditation is thus a very excellent employment. That's the introduction to the sermon by Charles Haddon Spurgeon entitled A Very profitable exercise. And we'll be talking probably more about that sermon. We're going to be talking about a lot of famous sermons and articles written on the subject of meditation. We're, we're going to be putting together a, a PDF file, um, a PDF file, if I don't lose my voice, a PDF file, and we'll make that available on the Church One app where it will, we will attach it to a, probably for the Bible study exercise, and you'll be able to read this sermon and many others. But I think that uh, we need to understand the great value in meditation, and we need to see that it's very, very profitable. So today, 
I want you to just to focus on the significance of meditation. I want you to continue to think about that. Uh, the scripture that we have been looking at is Psalm chapter 1, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Those are the two that we have been focused on, and we'll be talking more about them in the Bible study exercise series. But I like when uh, all of the different podcast episodes we do kind of, there's a connection between them. Sometimes they link together. And uh, well, I thought today's focus, I would just share a little bit of Charles Haddon Spurgeon on meditation. I hope you appreciate that. And I hope you'll give that your serious attention today. Thanks for listening to today's focus.